The Business Wire services lead me to believe that a lot of these COVID programs are as clear as mud. Is that accurate? <laughs> that, that, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't help the fact that a lot of them have changed throughout the process. The PPP funding, the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, an incredible concept, great thought, very poorly written legislation. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, I understand why. Right, the intent was to get some money into the public and get it out there as quickly as we possibly could. And then they tried to figure out, okay, this is what it was meant to be. And so a lot of the guidance that we received after the fact was based on intent versus what was actually written into the rules. That's Jason Schneider, a partner in the accounting firm of Osborne Rincon. The COVID pandemic has turned our economy upside down and businesses are trying to sort through the tax fallout and if your business isn't taking advantage of the advice and counsel of an accounting professional, we'll learn the why and when of hiring a CPA on this edition of the Public Record Podcast. Well, we are here today in the beautiful Osborne Rincon building in La Quinta with Jason Schneider, a CPA and a partner in the firm. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Ken. You're very active here in the Valley, one of the creators of the Greater Coachella Valley Chamber. Correct. Right. Yep. How is that going? It's good. It's good. We still have representation on the Chamber Board. Uh, you know, the, the Greater Coachella Valley Chamber of Commerce has been really a kind of an earth-shattering type of organization here in the desert. You know, we took a whole bunch of smaller organizations which really couldn't move the needle regionally mm -hmm. and created a much bigger regional organization now um, which cities are members of that chamber so it originated with uh, la quinta indio and coachella right uh, we've since added uh, cathedral city a thousand palms unincorporated some unincorporated areas and we work with indian wells as well and the tribes and the tribes exactly the, the tribes are involved uh, that was one of the the more kind of groundbreaking avenues that we went down as a chamber of commerce. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, uh, the tribes and, and business organizations don't necessarily work together uh, regionally for, for those sort of, uh, I guess, development opportunities. Uh, and so when we pulled the tribes in, it was really something that hadn't been done before. Hmm. So we're really proud of what we've been able to create. So he's, you're very active in, uh, in many things in the community. What else are you involved with? I'm a board member with the JFK Foundation, mm -hmm. uh, not associated with the hospital. That's uh, the JFK Foundation uh, works with the county of Riverside with, uh, to do home visitation, uh, as well as they run the Ophelia Project, which is a young women's mentoring organization mm -hmm. uh, based out of the schools. Uh, they've got an incredible reputation. Ophelia Project uh, has a 100% graduation rate out of high school, and we provide several uh, scholarships and opportunities to our young women as they graduate out of high school going into college. Uh, so I'm on that board. I'm also on the, the board of directors for the uh, Desert Recreation Foundation, which is the nonprofit wing of the Desert Rec District, as well as other sure. different things involved you know, with the family life. And I'm sure if we named all of the partners and what they're involved with, we could fill up the whole show with just that information. So we'll, we'll yeah. leave it at that. We'll Perfect. tell them what you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, give us an update. Uh, we've had a strange 15 months of uh, COVID. Yeah. What, how does that affected uh, the CPA business? That's created a lot of stress in our industry. We've seen a lot of accountants leaving the industry. 
if anybody out there is looking for a job coming out of college, accounting is an incredible industry to get really? into because there is so much opportunity, uh, specifically here in the desert uh, as well, because a lot of our young people when they graduate go out of the desert. Um, and so we really have a lot of opportunities here locally to create incredible careers. The Business Wire services lead me to believe that a lot of these COVID programs are as clear as mud. Is that accurate? <laughs> That, that, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't help the fact that a lot of them have changed, yeah. you know, throughout the process. Uh, you know, the, the PPP funding, the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, an incredible concept, great thought, very poorly written legislation. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, I understand why, right? The intent was to get some money into the public and get it out there as quickly as we possibly could because we didn't know what COVID was at the time. You know, we had thoughts and, and the science really hadn't you know, flushed out what we were dealing with. The reality is that we knew uh, it was making people sick, uh, it was highly contagious, and businesses were closing because of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we needed to get some money out there, continue the economy moving. So really they wrote the legislation and then they tried to figure out, okay, this is what it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so a lot of the guidance that we received after the fact was based on intent versus what was actually written into the rules and, and the regulations. So yeah, when you say clear as mud, uh, Absolutely, it's you know I, we spent here in the in the firm from March to you know, June, July. You know, really that time was spent on stimulus packages. You know, you had federal stimulus packages, you had California stimulus packages, you had a lot of nonprofits in the desert. The RAP Foundation came together and really gave out a lot of money to organizations to try mm. and help help with that. Individual cities and municipalities. I was going to say the cities were doing the were same. Were doing right? grants. Yeah. Uh, I know La Quinta did a lot of grants to restaurants specifically. To help them fund building out their outdoor dining areas, mm -hmm. right? you know, some covered areas, things like that, as that developed. And so there's really a whole lot of different ways that money was coming in uh, and then how that was going to be treated from a, a tax standpoint or from a financial statement standpoint really hadn't been fleshed out. So that sort of fell to the industry to figure that out. And that's still ongoing. Presumably 2021 taxes will yeah. be the same thing in April. Next yeah. year, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, we've got you know the second round of PPP funding. You know, most people haven't received forgiveness on those on that funding yet, so that's pushing into the twenty-one, you know, tax year, possibly as well as California Relief Grant. Their third round of funding just got settled, uh, just you know, this past week. So again, a lot of those stimulus monies are fall, you know falling into twenty twenty-one, as well as that fourteen hundred dollars stimulus that the federal government pumped out. Right, they took, you know, they accounted for stimulus one and stimulus two on your 2020 taxes, but we haven't figured out how we're going to account for the 21 stimulus yet, which is at $1,400. Mm. So it's all still coming down. They'll the let you know on April 14th, right? Oh, I hope so. An hour before the uh, taxes are due. That, that would be about two weeks earlier than they let us know <laughs> on this other one. So that'd be great. Let's go into the um, tax changes that we mm -hmm. should be aware of for this year. The big one is going to be the employee retention credit. Uh, and again, that's another form of stimulus monies uh, that were out there. That's the ability for employers who have employees to, to get a credit back on some of their payroll taxes that, were, that was paid in. And the intent of that is to go ahead and again, get cash flow, get monies into the hands of the business owners. Uh, the, the, the requirements to qualify for the employee retention credit are going to be, uh, did you have a 25% reduction in your gross earnings? from one quarter of 2019 versus one quarter of 2020? Or, or was your your industry shut down or, or uh, not allowed to operate by you know, some sort of government order or mandate? Right. Uh, so out here, you know, you're going to see that a lot in the, obviously, the um, restaurants, restaurants hotels. tourism, mm -hmm. you know, that industry. 
a lot of clients don't qualify for that because the reality is or some businesses did very well through COVID. Construction, healthcare, uh, construction, healthcare, yeah. uh, professional services in general uh, had up years, if you will. But really in our desert, as, as tourism based as we were, you know, a lot of those uh, those industries were really devastated. And so they qualify. The, the amount of money that you can get, and it's a refundable credit. So even if you wipe, are able to wipe out all of your payroll taxes, the government will still scratch you a check for the difference once it's all said and done. Mm. Uh, so you know, if you don't know or haven't looked into the employee retention credit, uh, that's a prime opportunity to have a conversation with your CPA or with a tax professional to ask them about that mm-hmm. and what that might look like. So that's really the, the, the biggie that we're looking at this year. Um, the reality is, you know, we're, we're all hunkering down right now, you know, trying to come out with, you know, some economic growth. Uh, and then we don't know what's going to happen uh, with new tax law. Anytime you have an administration change at the federal level, mm-hmm. there's going to be tax law change. Uh, regardless of which where you fall on it, uh, there will be change. Uh, and so we're waiting to see what that looks like. Aside from the federal government's mm-hmm. stimulus programs and possibly the state, uh, what other local programs are there available to you know, Coachella Valley businesses, if any at this point, that are being overlooked by people? You know, most of the city grants have, have run their course. Okay. There's not a whole lot that's still out there available. Mm-hmm. Now that things are opened back up or, uh, or, or in the process of getting opened back up, uh, there's not a lot of local and municipal monies out there. All right, let's turn to when do you need a CPA and what makes you a good client for a CPA? Presumably you would rather I give you a, a, a file from QuickBooks rather than a shoebox full of receipts, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we see everything from the, you know, the, the, the grocery sack to you know, itemized uh, you know, QuickBooks uh, done by a professional. Ultimately, tax law uh, has gotten incredibly complex. Mm. Uh, you know, as CPAs, we're required to do 80 hours of continuing education every two years. So our licenses go on a two-year cycle. Uh, and of that 80, you know, we have to do 20 in any given year, and then we would do 60 the following year. Most of that CPE is in taxation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, as a firm, you know, we're committed to do uh, doing tax updates every year annually. You know, we take a couple days, block them off, and we all do, you know, our... our Continue professional education on what the new tax laws are. You know what's coming down the federal pipeline, what's coming down the state pipeline, uh, and and we study them separately because as much as we would like them to be the same, California tax law is very different from federal tax law, uh, and so there are areas where it conforms, there's areas where it doesn't conform. Oh. Uh, and so we need to know what those differences are. There are plenty of great programs out there for simple compliance matters. You mean like TurboTax, yeah, things like that? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So do you guys use some sort of industrial strength TurboTax to do this, <laughs> or is it really just a lot of book learning? Uh, a little of both. Yeah. You know, just like any program, it's garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Right? If you don't know what it's supposed to come out looking like, uh, then you're just trusting that what you put in was correct. But there are tax programs, certainly. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, the, the program we use is one of the, you know, the higher-end programs. Ultimately, it's just how robust is it? What, what kind of items can it handle? Uh, a lot of tax systems can't necessarily handle international taxation. Uh, and so mm. you know, we have the ability to do international, uh, not necessarily a Canadian tax return, but if we have our, you know, a snowbird client who sold a house in the United States, uh, they have to file a 1040 non-resident. Uh, there, there's certain withholding requirements, uh, just different ways that that income is treated. And if, on top of that, if they, you know, if we have a, States are a U.S. citizen who works abroad, an expat, they're going to have foreign earned income. Mm. Then you have certain foreign earned income exclusions, and there's tax treaties that go back and forth between countries. 
it really allows us to dig into those different tax positions and make sure that we don't miss anything. But yeah, at the end of the day, we do have software. We're not scratching it out on, uh, uh, <laughs> on a single sheet of paper anymore. And on spreadsheet uh, program. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Where are the high net worth earners? Mm -hmm. Are you able to provide some level of financial counseling? We, we do to some extent. Mm -hmm. you know, we're limited by our licensure as to what we can do and right. say. And You can and, do the tax part, mm -hmm. but, certainly. but probably not the investment part. Right. You know, we'll work very closely with financial advisors, right. uh, you know, have conversations, open up those conversations, uh, say, you know, talk about, you know, hey, this is what the tax situation looks like. If but we you can tell me if I road, need a Swiss bank account. Absolutely. And then we can report <laughs> it to the IRS as required. <laughs> oh, that's so good. By the way, I have to notice that we're sitting in one of your conference rooms here, and there is a prominent box of Kleenex yeah. on the table. I notice it's about half gone. Yeah. Uh, do you deliver a lot of bad news in this room? Well, you know, we're, we're the dentists of the financial <laughs> world, right? <laughs> Everybody has to see us. Nobody necessarily likes to see us. Oh, dear. Uh, it, it's been interesting. You know, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act really flipped taxation on its head. You yeah. know, the, the, the Trump tax plan, it changed the way that taxes are done. Uh, and, and so a lot of our middle, upper middle class uh, individuals really got caught up in, in, in some tax situations oh. and paid more than they would have normally. Uh -huh. uh, but, yeah, as far as the uh, the Kleenex is concerned... Sometimes that's for us, not, not the clients. <laughs> not for you. You mentioned earlier you're, you were recruiting. Is is it difficult mm -hmm. to recruit uh, folks in this business? It is. It is. You know, uh, public accounting is, you know, it's everything you you hear it to be, right? It's it's long hours. You know, tax season is, yeah. is can be pretty brutal, and you know the families carry a lot of the burden during tax season. I know my my lovely bride carries all the heavy water during season. Uh, when you say so, season, give us a range. When does that start and end? February to February to April. Yeah. Uh, basically. Well, that's not so too bad. it's really a three, a three month yeah. just intensive, kinda, just go crazy. You know, a, a, a typical CPA firm is going to do, you know, 40, 50% of their gross revenue during that period of time. Oh, it's your Christmas. Huh? And, and so it, it, it's quite <laughs> a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we do a lot of work during that time. You know, leading up to it, uh, you know, November, December, we're doing end of year tax planning with our clients, making sure that, hey, you know, you're in a good position tax wise. Uh, you know, let's make some changes. You know, let, let's you know, buy that truck you've been wanting to buy potentially mm -hmm. or, you know, let's look at, you know, firing up this uh, this retirement plan or, or funding that retirement plan so we can limit the, you know, the tax bite. You know, we'd much rather individuals and business owners pay themselves than pay Uncle Sam. Sure. As much as we enjoy, you know. The fruits of Uncle Sam's spending, <laughs> we'd much rather they spend on themselves and their businesses. And so that's, you know, that's sort of what our cycle is. And then January is generally a very quiet month for us. Uh, the admin team is usually going bonkers, making sure that, you know, the programs are ready to go and tax season's, you know, fully ready. So when it hits in February, uh, we can hit the ground running. Mm. Now, you mentioned you weren't really a, an, an investment counselor, mm -hmm. but a lot of people have questions about cryptocurrency. So right. do you have some thoughts on that? You know, crypto is interesting because it's all over the place. You can't get away from it right now. Mm -hmm. IRS had to address cryptocurrency uh, and how that is addressed from a tax standpoint. You know, is it a security? Is it property? Is it income? Uh, and back in uh, 2014, uh, IRS determined that cryptocurrency is property. It's not a security. It's not like a stock or mutual fund. Or it's like bond. gold? Similar. Yeah, yeah. similar. And, and so, you know, when the, the value goes up, and you sell it, you have capital gains. Mm -hmm. The value drops, and you sell it, you have capital losses. Depending on your holding period, if you held it for you know more than a year, then you get you know 
uh, preferred rates uh, for capital gains. Uh, the interesting thing about cryptocurrency, because it's not a stock or a mutual fund or security, is wash sale rules don't apply to cryptocurrency. So you can harvest losses in crypto, rebuy that exact same position. So so let's say you uh, it, it went up, you, you sold it, you've had some gains uh, in your crypto. Let's say we'll put a number on it, $20,000. Uh, and then you have some cryptocurrency and it drops in price uh, and you're down $10,000. You're still holding that same value of cryptocurrency. You can sell it, take that $10,000 loss. It would offset the $20,000 in gain that you had. Mm -hmm. You can rebuy that crypto immediately at that $10,000 position. And you don't have to exclude the loss Interesting. due to wash sale rules because it's property, not securities. Oh. And so it really allows investors to basically reset their position in the currency at the exact same place where they were, but harvest those losses. So there are some benefits mm. uh, there as well. But then on top of that, you know, you're looking at, you know, if, if you're paid in cryptocurrency, let's say your employer has the ability to pay you through cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. that's ordinary income reported on the W-2. If you trade your, you know, let's say you go to a vendor or, uh, you know, you go shopping and they accept crypto mm -hmm. currency, you're able to use it to, to make your purchase. That's considered a trade, and you're going to pay a gain or loss on that transaction. So the value is set on the date of payment, I guess, yep. something like that. Do you foresee a possibility of uh, some sort of mutual fund format being offered where multiple cryptocurrencies are offered like stocks are within a mutual fund? Sure. Anytime you're dealing in commodities, there's always somebody there ready to, bu you know, to bundle that into a group. And then will that change how that's handled? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it will. I mean, the IRS is already looking at the wash sale rules mm -hmm. uh, because they see a loophole It is there. kind of a loophole, isn't and, it? And, and the IRS, if they're good for one thing, it's closing loopholes. <laughs> uh, and so that, that that's potentially coming down the line. But as it stands right now, uh, that's a huge benefit. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see come across your desk? I, I think the biggest mistake that we see that come, comes across our desk fairly regularly is just not planning. A lot of people like to kind of stick their head in the sand and not Hope think about taxes. Yeah. And it just doesn't. It, it won't go away. You know, if you've had a good year, uh, you know, our, our real estate professionals, you know, key example this year, right? I mean, real estate was just bonkers through the roof. Uh, and so most of our real estate professionals really made a whole lot of money and didn't necessarily set it aside for taxes oh, uh, in boy. a proper way. And so when that bite comes in April, uh, it, it's generally a pretty pretty good shot. They're now, filling out the paperwork yeah. to do uh, monthly payments yeah. with the IRS. So. Yeah, absolutely. Installment yeah. plans are always available. Uh, the IRS will, will gladly stretch that out for you. You know, in, in a lot of uh, a lot of instances in our life, sometimes it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. That is not the truth. That is not the case in taxation. Uh, you know, ask permission before you ask forgiveness because, you know, once that calendar flips from December 31st to January 1st, there aren't a whole lot of things that can be done. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have access to retirement contributions. You can do that up to April 15th. You can do that up to, yeah, yeah up to the, the filing date. So there are a, a couple things that can be, or a couple strategies that can be employed after you know, the calendar for the year. kind of capital yep. equipment purchases, you have to do that by December 31st. Right. Is that how that works? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then if you're accrual base versus cash base, you know, it's, it's a rabbit hole. You know, you can, mm. you can incur the expense, not necessarily make the payment yet, but as long as it's incurred prior to December 31st. So there's different, you know, there's, there's different strategies that can be applied, but we have to know about it. Is yeah. some of that due to the fact that people don't do good bookkeeping? Yeah. 
And how, how can they overcome that? Do you have a program you recommend? So most small businesses are going to use something like a QuickBooks, whether mm-hmm. it's a desktop version or online version. Uh, there's some other programs out there that are similar. Zero uh, uh, is a not relatively new, but it's been around for a while. Sage, which used to be Peachtree. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of small business type software packages that are available. Now let's talk about the dark side of accounting, the criminal element, the embezzler. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, you get into some forensic work. We do. You know, we, we have two certified fraud examiners uh, on staff here. Unfortunately, that's a reality. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you have money and you, and you have opportunity, uh, you will have people that are looking to, to take advantage of that. We've seen it more probably in the last five, ten years. We've seen a lot of embezzlement. And you don't necessarily need an audit to find any kind of fraud either. Uh, mm-hmm. It's out there. And, and, and a lot of times it's done by the people who are closest to you. We've had clients who have been stolen from by, by family, family members, family, members, sure. family friends. Uh, it's out there. What about outside? We've had in the news recently a lot of uh, outside criminal uh, infiltration mm-hmm. uh, through the Internet and so on. Is that something you run across in the forensic work? Not as much, but, but cybersecurity should be top of mind for everybody. My guest has been Jason Schneider, a CPA and partner in the accounting firm of Osborne Rincon. You can find them on the web at osbornrincon.com. That's O-S-B-O-R-N-E-R-I-N-C-O-N.com. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I'm Ken Allen, Managing Editor. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share the podcast link with a friend, and please click the subscribe button.